0: Warning: MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you could find us on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere. You get your podcast. And of course, you can find more of our content on our website, themisfaction.com. There you'll find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and I am excited. I am pumped. I am ready to do this because we have one of our very first interviews who... Well, let's say we've been keeping in touch for a while, we've been watching each other grow and change and evolve, and our shows have grown, our merchandise has grown, and he's even wearing one of our shirts. He was one of our first customers when we launched our merch store, and that's Mr. David Keck. David, how are you today?
1: Man, I, I'm i great. I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen again. With 24 hours notice. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: So full disclosure, right? We'll, we'll go back. I like to pull the curtain back because people want to know what. How this sort of thing happens. David and I met probably like, what, two years ago now?
1: Yeah. yeah just about. Yeah, it was, I was just getting started.
0: Yeah, and so were we on this show. So MF Uncensored was, was, was a nice little baby, a very immature and poorly edited baby. Anywho, so David and I were connected through a mutual party who was working with both of us, and we hit it off almost immediately. And David has been not only a huge supporter of our show, but also... There are times where I'll do a great interview with somebody and we may not talk ever again. Like, hey, great interview. This was awesome. See you later. All right, pound it out. We're done. For David, like, not only did he and I stay connected, and I think he likes my wife more than me, which is fair because everybody likes my wife more than me. But also she did the interview with us and it just it always clicked. And whenever we get a notification from David, my wife goes, Oh, I love him it's actually my favorite thing.
1: That That is my favorite thing. Like I love producer Melanie. And my favorite part of your show is when she chimes in every now and then.
0: Every now and, and then.
1: And she, she's just my heart.
0: So it, it's funny you say that. This is a, a fun story. So we have a friend who I, I met through work and he started podcasting right after I did. And he was always like a YouTube guy and stuff like that. And he created a show called Hey Pal, What's New? His name is John. And Melanie was actually at my job doing observation hours for her grad school program. Cause that's not confusing. And she met John and she, she knows of John. She never met him before. And he's like, Oh my God, the famous producer, Melanie. <laughs> and it's funny that you called her that. Cause that's, that's what everybody calls her. Anybody who's like yeah. listens to the show or has been around like they call a producer and he goes, so what exactly do you do? She goes, I fixed the lighting once and suddenly I'm the producer of the show and, and I always tell her, like, the reason she we call her producer Melanie is because, A, always giving out helpful advice, always – like, she she does really well on her own and stuff like this. She she runs social media networks and websites and all this stuff, and, you know, like, she puts up with this. There are times where I'm like, all right, we have to leave dinner. I have an interview in an hour. She's like, we just got the appetizers. What are you doing? So she she's definitely the best producer that there ever was and such a big fan of yours.
1: Oh, well, I – right, right back at her, you know, like, 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 I think of one of my favorite interviews that I did and, and, and not to get too far ahead in what we're going to talk about today, but, you know, when, when you all heard my story and, and asked for me to be on your show, when I logged in and I saw Miss Producer Melanie sitting there, you were like, she heard your story. This really touched on with her, you know, with her career and everything going on. and, and, and who she stands for as a person, right? And can she set in, you know, she doesn't do this often. And and I think about that all the time. Like I just, my heart goes, I, I just love you guys. I'm such a fan.
0: And you know, we're a big fan of you too. And I think that's really what podcasting is at the end of the day. A lot of people think that podcasters compete with each other. A good podcaster works well with other podcasters. And I find that the conversation with other podcasters, especially is just always a little bit more interesting because even if we have similar stories with podcasting, it's still going to be a totally different road that we're on.
1: Yeah. I don't feel like there's, I agree 100% because I don't feel like there's any competition, you know, that there's enough room for all of us. And, and I don't know any other podcaster that doesn't want to see me succeed and vice versa. Right. I think that, I think that is so great.
0: So let's take a few steps back. We have a ton of new listeners. We we've had a lot of growth over the last two years, which a, if you guys are listening for the first time, welcome, enjoy. It's going to get weird and that's what we do best here. We get a little weird. But sometimes we also talk about some serious things and we talk about, you know, what life really is and you know, sometimes life isn't very pretty and David has an incredible story. Let's first start off by saying what the name of your podcast is.
1: Yeah, so my, the name of my podcast is Surviving Abuse Podcast.
0: <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I do have remind me at the end. I I do have a referral for you. So, remind me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> so, yeah. It's been a wild couple of weeks. So it's funny when David and I were connected through a mutual party. Nowadays, if you want to find a guest, like you just go on Facebook and you like you and I are in all the same groups. So like I'll sometimes see like yeah. you post in there. Hey, I'm looking for a guest or and the best is like I'll come out to be like David's awesome and like he it was a great interview and like stuff like that always kind of gets me and I, I really enjoy the community podcasting communities are very tight and they always yeah. work well. But so tell everybody a little bit about your podcast first and then we'll talk a little bit about how you got there and your story to it.
1: Sure. Yeah, so I guess you can tell with the name Surviving Abuse podcast that it it covers, you know, survival, but I try to put a positive spin on things. I don't want anyone to ever log off of my show and and feel like they, you know, need a drink in a bad way. You know, I want them to log off and And feel motivated to to go do something and and hopefully provide them with a resource toward their recovery. Each week I interview a new guest and we talk about all different forms of abuse and and how they recovered and hopefully providing tips and resources for other people, because my journey is not going to be what your journey should be. Right. And so I'm hoping to provide enough resources for people to. Find what works for them to to get them on that path of recovery.
0: Dude, that's awesome. And I think it's an important thing. And I think trauma and and abuse have taken on a lot of new meanings in more recent years. Like you used to think of abuse was like, you know, my dad hit me or something along those lines. Nowadays, we talk about generational abuse. We talk about building boundaries. And, and set, one of the best lines I ever heard was, if I'm building a boundary, it's not because I want you out of my life. It's because I want you in it. Right. And just like Melanie, you know, we're we're going to talk about Melanie, I feel like, more in this entire episode than either (laughs) one of us, but she has been so fantastic with teaching me how to create boundaries, especially with my own family, in good ways, in very healthy ways, and kind of recognizing that abuse can be intentional or it can be completely unintentional. I come from a very Italian family, and the way the Italians did it back in the day, it involved a wooden spoon and and you better be faster than whoever's holding it. But nowadays, like you recognize, hey, like, it's not always somebody's fault, per se, that they treat you. It's how they were raised themselves. It's how they learned. You know, it's a mentality that over the years has changed. Like I even look at your podcast when, you know, when you first started, it was really about your story and and helping people through that. And now, like the topics that you kind of go through. So how has your podcast changed since you started?
1: Oh my gosh. So the first season I started out telling my story. It, you know, was my, and still is my therapy. And, and throughout interviewing people, I would share tidbits of my story and I still do, but probably not as much Mm -hmm. because I, I'm wanting to bring awareness to traumas and all form of traumas. I can't tell you how many people have contacted me and said, I had no idea this was abuse, right. you know, and and the, one of the questions that I ask often is how has society failed us, you know, and and it, it, with, with the TV shows that we watch and and the way that we are groomed without even knowing that we're groomed, and which kind of comes into play with generational abuse and. And so, so the topics they, they've just been endless. The the people that have reached out to me have been incredible, and it, it's taken a whole different path in turn. Like I, 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 I'm an open gay man. I thought that was going to be my target, and I love how diverse my crowd is. We are gay, we're straight, we're white, we're black, we're cis, whatever mm-hmm. you know. And, and and I love that because you know it's. Prama doesn't discriminate, right? <laughs> you know, we we're all there with it. Yeah, in I mean, one way or another. Like,
0: so first and foremost, if anybody has any issues with that, we're not the show for you. You can turn it off now. So we'll start there, because David's not only a friend, but also we do not tolerate any sort of hate on. This is this is the misfit faction. This is the the people who oh, have felt in some way some sort of misfit like. Right, I was bullied in high school. It was a big thing for me, and it changed a lot about who I was. It's why I started taking martial arts, which led to a career, which led to what I do now, which led to me meeting my wife. So I won. Like,
1: <laughs> to, right. to
0: all the kids that bullied – like, any kids who bullied me in high school, like, I beat you. Sorry. Even better, when I went to my 10-year reunion, I got more numbers at my 10-year reunion than I ever did in high school because I didn't care anymore. And I find that bringing that confidence – like, it, it's like you said – some things just don't discriminate. Some things are just universal forces. Everyone can love, everyone can hate, unfortunately. And it doesn't matter who you are. It matters how you react to it. And I find that especially nowadays where everybody has a voice, everybody's just talking shit. Like I can't turn this on new dick. generation, man. Wild.
1: And And I love them for it. I yeah, love them for it.
0: So I love it to a point. And my biggest issue is nowadays if your opinion doesn't match somebody else's opinion you're just wrong like and as much as i love like for the most part, there are some things that are just irrefutable like stop arguing it just whatever it's not about you but like my wife and i are very different in the way that we view the world the way that we were brought up and the way that we look at politics you know business life whatever it is but her and i have conversations and there are plenty of times where i look at her and i was like i didn't think about it that way now i do and vice versa right. So like, even though I have a very different, you know, lifestyle or religion or whatever from somebody else, I'll I'll always listen. Tell me about it. I want to hear, I wouldn't be a good podcaster if I didn't want to hear people's stories.
1: Well, and how else do we learn? Right. Right. And, and I don't want to be in a room with a hundred Davids as amazing as I think I am. I don't want to be surrounded by anybody, everybody that only thinks like I do, that is not going to. That, that's not going to broaden me. That mm-hmm. That's not going to further me. It's not going to educate me. I'm not going to grow. And, you know, so I want those conversations. I want these conversations.
0: The hardest conversations are the ones that you learn the most from, but it's how people re- – it's like I said, it's how people react. And really? I've had people argue with me and tell me that I'm wrong and like, okay, like – that's your life man live it enjoy like sure. i'm still going to go home and go to sleep i'm still going to go home to my supermodel wife and enjoy myself
1: like <laughs> right
0: oh my god i married so out of my league everybody says it i'm like yeah i did <laughs> i did no, it, man. It, that's all good
1: 100% and you know what 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 i would like to say about when i said how much i love this generation is what what i mostly mean by that is with my actual day job i do a lot of interviewing i do a lot of recruiting And I love when I'm interviewing people in this generation, sometimes I tell them, you know, what this job pays and they're like, they don't mind a bit to say, no, I I know my worth. Right. And I respect that. I love that. I love that because I was taught you go make to this minimum wage job and you work bigger and better than the manager to hopefully one day get a raise. You know, and do everyone else's job, hoping to get that raise, and they're like, "No, I will give you 100 percent of what you pay me for," and right. and I love that.
0: <laughs> I think that's an important mentality nowadays. You know, know your worth, know what know what you're there for. Grinds, work hard, though, and that's that's where the discrepancy I feel like happens. Like, it's one thing for me to go into an interview and be like, "I like, well, how much do you want to make?" And I'm like, "I'm worth this much." Well, we can't pay you. All right, that's fine. But if I take that job. And I just do the bare minimum, expecting to make more, just because I asserted myself. Then, then that's like that's where the discrepancy falls. I I respect sure. anybody who works hard, and I don't care what you do. I don't care if it's a hobby like podcasting. For me, podcasting is more of a hobby. It's something I enjoy to do, but it's got a lot of work behind it. And sometimes it works out super beautifully, where it's like, "Hey, you want to record tomorrow, David? Yeah, let's do this." And then other times, I'm going back and forth with emails. I'm editing. I'm this. I'm that. So I think a work ethic, you got to find that right balance. And I do agree with you, though, completely yeah. that having those workplace boundaries, especially nowadays, huge. Like I look back at my my previous career and as grateful as I am for it, I was working 60 hour weeks making a salary of about $32,000, which when you're 18, 19, you're like, yes, that's awesome. If I work 60 hours a week at my current job, I won't say how much I would make, but it was a lot more. Right. So I look back on it, I'm like, "What was I? What was I do? Like I was burning myself out just to get a pat on the back." Right. But let's go back to David, because I could go off like for hours about work.
1: Same, right?
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? (laughs) Work is one of the like your job is such an important part of what you do, and it's like it's always the first person. Like if you meet somebody for the first time, it's what they ask first. Oh, what do you do? And I'm like. Mm i i start making up things like i'll just be like i'm batman
1: thank <laughs>
0: I'm really gonna argue. What are they really going to argue but let's talk about your story because i i do want your story to get out especially for our new listeners so david if you don't mind just kind of jump into your
1: story yeah so again i'm an open gay man in the south and i live in tennessee and eight years ago i was a victim of a brutal hate crime i am very fortunate I did not know hate existed until eight years ago. You know, I have an amazing family, a supportive family. Being gay was not frowned upon, even in the South here with my Southern family. And, you know, my, my world completely changed eight years ago. So a th- there's a bar that my friends and I used to frequent, and it's a karaoke bar. And it's predominantly straight, but I... I never felt a place there like I would get on stage and sing Shania Twain when I felt like a woman and people men were singing along with me and buy me a beer after you know Mm -hmm. and one night we went and there was I guess a man there that didn't like me and saw me and wanted to me. And he did. So there's there's a lot at this part that I don't remember. It, there were witnesses and surveillance cameras. So I'm going to have to kind of talk from that. But So surveillance cameras show that I got up from the table and I was going to the restroom and this man stopped me and talked to me. And it looked like a pleasant conversation. We talked for a few minutes. I gave him a business card and went to the restroom and came back, walked right past him, got with my friends, paid her tab, and three of us walked out the door together. Well, then a couple of minutes later, surveillance cameras show that he leaves alone. Fast forward, since I we don't know what happened, 18 hours later, my body was found. And so it looks like he followed me home, broke into my home, he triggered warning, but he brutally raped me with himself and foreign objects and spent hours beating me until he thought he killed me and he used my phone and called the mother of his children and confessed to murder and stole my car and my credit cards and went bar hopping and once he got drunk and kicked out of a bar because he was bragging about the f-slur <laughs> that he just killed he was drunk and wrecked my car and so when the police came to the scene he confessed to murder
0: it's wild man yeah so you know obviously justice was served to that that individual i believe from the last time we had a conversation so
1: i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) i i don't really know where i stand with that and where i stand with justice i you know he did go to jail but he did four months for attempted murder and was released on good time before i could even walk without a walker so, depending on what you call justice, right. I guess
0: it's funny the criminal justice system. As as much as I'm a very big proponent of, you know, criminal justice, and I, I'm a big supporter in our household of the police. You know, say what you will, I'm like, I'll never, I'll never argue the bad apple theory and all that stuff. But sure. you know, obviously, there's plenty of good ones. My family's police, like, so there's such a discrepancy. Like, you live in Tennessee, down south, and we live in New York, where. New York New York laws with criminals are so lax like you can arre- you can be arrested and released within minutes like it's it's wild how crazy it is that they I get the mentality right they they wanted to create a system where it wasn't so much punishment more rehabilitation but then you look at some of these people and I'm like they like if I did something bad as a child I was punished never like to a, a horrible degree but like I learned, that negative response. And there's tons of stories or tons of theories about how to discipline a child, how this and that, and I'll never know the right answer. Like when, when Melanie and I grace the world with our progeny one day, we'll learn the hard way, hopefully. But you know, her and I are so very much aware though, of stuff like generational trauma and all that, where we're going to have a lot of conversations about how to properly discipline. And some things may work and some things won't, but it's you know, I hear your story and, like the last time we talked, we talked a lot about forgiveness and a lot about moving on and, and getting past the trauma, not forgetting it, but learning from it and and building something. So for you, what, what does forgiveness mean to you at this point now that you've suffered something like this? You
1: know, now that I've gotten in deep with my show and some interviews I've done I've had to reevaluate what forgiveness is even when I re-listened to the episode I did what I did with you and Melanie a part of me wonders how much of of, of that quote unquote forgiveness it, it is true to myself versus what society has told me I should do mm-hmm. You know, and and so th- so that's kind of the battle I've been with, and and the the question that I get the most is, what is forgiveness? What is justice to you? And you know, the the answer that is given is justice is you know, or I'm sorry, forgiveness is for you and not for, you know, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm very stuck with that. What what I find peace in when I think about it is. The forgiveness for me, when I think about the past eight years, I, especially the past, the, the first year or so, I was a completely different David. Mm-hmm. I not only had brain trauma, but I had PTSD. I, and I mean, I still do have these things. I've just learned to cope with them. I don't right. think you're ever cured. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I had to forgive myself. And that is not blaming me for anything but I had to forgive myself for the person that I temporarily became right I had to forgive myself for wishing he had finished the job because I couldn't handle this new David I had to forgive myself for the doubts and fears that that I had and and once I realized that it it had nothing to do with telling him I accept your apology which I'm never going to get but but telling myself that David, I forgive you. You know, you really were a victim with this. And and absolutely, you acted out in some ways and did some dangerous things afterwards during recovery when your brain and mind was just so torn because you found that there are monsters underneath your bed. Mm-hmm. Then once I was able to say, David, I forgive you, then there was just this cleanse, the sigh of relief. You know, I think everyone focuses on... I've got to forgive the bad guy that did the bad things. And, and sometimes it, it, it's just forgiving yourself, even when you're not to blame for the bad things, you know, but the, the place that you get in for, for even if it's temporary, right? you know, and, and that to me just changed everything.
0: That's dude, I got chills, man. Why is it? Why is it every time I talk to you? Like, I'm like, Oh God.
1: But Look, I'm very powerful, and I'm
0: just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> My magic is very strong. Don't worry about it. That's why I'm such a good podcaster. But no, I. I so I'm, I'm just kind of re- – give me a second. I'm processing. I'm putting it all together because I have a tendency to just kind of start talking, and then it doesn't come sure. out the right way. I learned that in my first year of marriage, apparently. <laughs> you learn a lot being married, and one of the things – I one of the first things I learned was – there is a right way to load the dishwasher, and apparently there's the right way. So, but um <laughs> fair enough. So I, I like I like your your take on forgiveness because especially nowadays, like I'm a big proponent for therapy and and kind of, excuse me, dealing with your own stuff. And you know, I talk to somebody, and I I'm proud to admit it. Like it's somebody, it's more just for my own emotional kind of like mm-hmm. palate cleansing almost. It's like I love my wife. And I tell her as much as I possibly can, but there are certain things, especially about my past and my childhood, that I don't even know are issues. And sometimes it's just nice to have a completely neutral party that just almost word vomit all over. And, you know, I struggled with a lot of self-image issues. So when you talk about forgiving yourself to move on and not so much forgiving another person that did something to you or had a negative impact on you, I think that's really powerful. And I think it's like you said that's where people need to start. You know, I've worked with victims, Melanie's worked with a lot of victims in, in her in her previous line of work and just I feel like if more more people conveyed that message that hey, it's got to start with you and you may do something stupid or silly in the meantime, but at the end of the day it's it's on you. Like I think that's an important message and I and I think that people gain a lot of value from hearing that from somebody who all intents and purposes, it looks like they're doing really well for themselves. I told him he looked way better than I do in this podcast, and I was really upset with him because David comes <laughs> in looking like a 10, and here I am looking like I slept in the basement with the cat because we're renovating.
1: That man is the t-shirt. It it's is the a, t-shirt a t- that it. does it. It's the best t-shirt.
0: T- <laughs> I still love that. We're we're redoing our merch, too, so that, that'll be fun. I'll, I'll have to make sure that I let you know when that happens. Yeah, but, please do. Yeah, so... Let's talk a little bit more about what you've been up to. So you've been doing more interviews. Tell us a little bit about some of the the most recent interviews you've done.
1: Yeah. So one of my – I don't want to say proudest because I I don't want it to dare sound like I'm belittling anything that I've done. but. I did my first mini series with the Rebecca girls and I've gotten very deeply involved with the TTI, the troubled teen industry, Gotcha. which I didn't even know was a thing until I met these girls. And, and there it's like a boarding school Hmm. that parents will send their children to looking at this brochure, thinking that they're quote unquote troubled teen who maybe snuck out their bedroom window or smoked marijuana or had premarital sex. Not the marijuana. To. Not the marijuana. Not the marijuana. <laughs> the devil's less. <lettuce>. Oh God. <laughs> so dumb. Right. Yeah. And and these families pay crap tons of money. I mean, it's a billion dollar, a multi-billion dollar industry, but there are women that are now contacting me now that the Rebecca series has been released of they would go there pregnant or they would get pregnant while they were there because they would be sexually assaulted by the staff but then they would take the baby so like a walmart parking lot and sell them jesus and yeah and so there's there's a group of women that have gotten together and they're wanting me to be a part of helping them find their babies Wow. which would not even i mean they're probably their kids are probably my age at this point right. you know but what's so terrifying about the these schools is You know, it sounds when when you talk about it, it sounds like things are happening in the 60s and 70s, -hmm. which is when it started. But today, while we're having this conversation, there is a kid standing up against the wall in their own urine, reciting Bible verses. And so actually Paris Hilton, to to show that it doesn't discriminate, the Hilton sent Paris Hilton to one of these schools as a troubled teen, not realizing what it was or realizing even who she is and, and the, the power that her family has. And she just recently released a book a couple of weeks ago, exposing the TTI. She is ready to shut these things down. And that's actually how I was, my podcast was promoted on the Times Square billboard in New York City because of Paris Hilton and the and the TTI. Like that's kind of how it all happened. Like Paris Hilton knows my name right now.
0: That's so like <laughs> si- sidebar on this very con- serious, conversation because like i do want to talk a little bit more about this but yeah. t- you sent me a message like at like i think i think i finally got it like at n- midnight or something like that because i have weird sleeping habits at this point and uh, like you you put out there that like hey, dude i was on the, the billboard i was like man i was like no you weren't i look at it i was like holy shit and i show Melanie yeah. i'm like no you gotta see this this is wild so like yeah. dude congratulations that that's such a big Thanks. thing like to podcasting in itself is difficult but like to to get some sort of notice or notoriety or anything like that, that's just awesome. So congratulations on that. That was really cool.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. But most importantly, like we have been a part of shutting down one of the schools because a, a preacher who is also the cop of the small town, like the sheriff of the small town, came across some girls and he that came to his church to sing, and he was like, something just doesn't seem right about them, and so. He started using the Google machine and came across some things and found my podcast and listened to the miniseries I did and shut, got the school shut down. Awesome. And and yeah, and not only that, but, but they and we made sure the girls had a safe place to go mm-hmm. with food and clothing and not just put out on the street, you know, welcome, you know, to drugs and prostitution, because that's all you've got at this point, you right. know, like, which happens in so many cases. And 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 so I'm very proud of
0: that. That's awesome. You know, like to, to hear how that how that happens, how that went about and how it was resolved. And I find that do you agree that nowadays, there's a lot more awareness of, of trafficking and stuff along those lines? What are your thoughts on the current climate in that?
1: I think that it's equally as scary as much as it it has always been. But I do think that, that there is so much more awareness to it where we are with technology these days, Mm -hmm. you know, that there's no more secrets, man, right. You know, and, and sometimes that's amazing. And, and if people are, would use technology the way that it should be for expose you know for cases like this then hell yeah that that's amazing and i i think that it's still a scary place because as much as we think we know the bad guys are all they always seem to be a step ahead they've already thought this stuff out you know but but i i think that we're getting there
0: Yeah. One of my friends, she's very passionate about King and and not, not, that's a weird way. Awareness about trafficking. Not that she's passionate. (laughs) Uh (laughs) That could be, yeah, edit. No. And she's, you know, she's constantly posting things. And so like I started looking at it and I was like, you look at like, like the big adult entertainment industry. And I have no problem with adult entertainment. If you enjoy your pornography, enjoy your pornography. As long as it's all, done on the up and up, which is such a strange thing nowadays, you know, it's an, it's an ever changing industry, but Pornhub has gotten a lot of flack for, for its involvement or alleged involvement with child trafficking. And as much as I am a very big proponent for whatever excites you, whatever you enjoy, as long as you enjoy it healthy, like, cool, do that. But then do I want to support a system or an organization that has this moral, potentially, you know, issue where yeah. they're where they're doing something illegal or they're doing something that morally I don't agree with and it, it's a it's a fine line unfortunately and I think that bringing awareness to this sort of stuff is is an important thing and I think your podcast is a great way for people to do that and the fact that you got people reaching out to you that's like how does that make
1: you feel? Oh my god man I as a survivor, you know, I think one thing that everyone goes through but I find it very harsh and hard and big in this survivor world is patting yourself on the back and giving yourself credit when credit is due and man I can pat myself on the back for this Do like, it, I yes. wake up every day and I'm like oh my god like I, I love what I'm doing I've taken something so horrendous that happened to me and i'm turning it into something beautiful you know and there's not a lot of things that i can say that about myself Mm -hmm. comfortably but this i can and i love that
0: dude like you should pat yourself on the back and you know if i was there i'd pat you on the back like (laughs) again again it's it's weird like you and i started and like your podcast was just starting our podcast was just starting and to see us now like like, you're doing amazing things, and, and you're passionate about it still. And, like, I think the the last interview I did, the guy said that statistically, there's about 5 million active podcasts on Spotify. Because I asked him, like, what's the saturation? Like, how does that affect your business? Et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, 5 million podcasts active on Spotify. There are 100 million that are actually on Spotify, though, registered. But they're not active. And I was like, holy crap. Like, that blew my mind. And... You know, you, you and I can both attest that podcasting is not easy and it's something that you have to be passionate about, consistent about, and you have to bring a lot of energy and a lot of time. You know, we try and streamline as much as we can. That's why I created a show where I don't have to edit as much, quote unquote, with MF Uncensored because like there's no, it's uncensored, it's raw, it's, it's everything that it's supposed to be. So to see your show take on not only such a passionate route, but also like to be doing something, that's got to be awesome.
1: Yeah, it, man, it, it's my therapy, you know, and I, I, I get just as much from my guests as they get from me and, and vice versa. You know, I, I'm very blessed. Mm-hmm. I, I did a podcast. It's been a couple months ago now, but they would do like these rapid fire questions. Uh-huh. And one of them, like, I was like, I had to take a deep breath. And then after the show was over, like I really had to go like take some time alone and process because the question that they asked me was, you know, would you change anything now? And immediately I was like, Nope, I would not. But a year ago, I would have done anything to have not been a victim. Right. I would have done anything to have not experienced that. And now, You know, like when, and it's that rapid fire, right? So when they asked me that and I said no, and I gave a reason why, like I even had to be like, hold on, we've got to pause for a minute Yeah, (laughs) because I did not expect to answer that way. And, but when I went outside in my backyard, it was kind of just playing around and, you know, trying to process things and watching the dogs run. I was like, you know, I really wouldn't change it. Yeah. And, and that was a really cool moment for me.
0: Do you find that that's the most common question that you get about the whole ordeal?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That and and the forgiveness one. Right.
0: And then you get the unsolicited advice, like just, Oh, just get over it or just do this. Like, yeah, I, there's nothing that I like, don't get me wrong. I, I am very guilty of when my wife is telling me something of being like, well, here's the solution. You silly goose. She doesn't always want the solution. And I've, I've gotten better at just, sometimes she just needs somebody to listen. and, mm-hmm. Like, her and I have talked a lot about how we how we communicate with each other because communication is hard for anyone, especially your, your, your significant other. And, you know, we had a lot going on with with COVID and getting married and then the COVID reception and this and that. So having the time now to really talk about communication is, is important. And I find that the way you ask somebody something or the way that you talk to somebody about something can really change the tone of the conversation. Like, I could easily, you know, not being a victim of this particular instance, be like, well, just get over it. You're fine. You survived. You're good. But that may not be the case. Somebody may need to hear that somewhere, but it's, it's so individually based and and I just love how your story is very uplifting at the same time. Like you, you, you have used it in such a powerful way. And I really do commend you for that one.
1: Thanks man. And I really do appreciate that. And it, you know, there was when you were talking about how, you know, you and Melanie and trying to learn how to communicate and all that, of course, my partner and I went through that too. We were together, you know, when COVID happened. And i tell you, if you can, if you if you can make that. it look, if you can be in a relationship and combined into four walls with someone like we were during COVID and you made it through, you're golden, all right? right and so there is sometimes like like i love 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 music and i love country music mm-hmm. and there's a song that i heard one day and i i took it to my partner and i was like you need to listen to this song because i sometimes don't know how to put things into words right and the the name of the song is sometimes loving me just means leaving me alone <laughs> And and it was just so beautiful because the way she's saying is like, sometimes I just need sometimes I just need a minute. Yeah. And let me go be mad over here for a minute. Like nothing's going to break us. Just I need to be mad for a minute or I need to be confused for a minute or I need to run through all these scenarios in my head for a minute. And that's okay. Like one thing I always say is it's okay to visit these dark places. Just don't unpack your suitcase and live there. That's where it gets dangerous. I like that
0: it's funny because for melanie and i i am a morning person i am once i'm up i'm up i'm ready to go let's do this i'm gonna have my pre-workout i'm gonna do an hour-long workout i'm gonna do all these things and she's like i'm going back to sleep and and like those are things that you learn and i I, that's funny you bring that up because she that's her it's like she's like i just need a minute i'm not mad at you we're not breaking up i just need a minute and for me i have anxiety and i have things that i get anxious about still even though i'm I'm almost 40. Like I'm getting – I'm closer to that precipice than I am to 30. I'm not going to say my exact age because it still makes me a little sad. But <laughs> like I'm I'm a quote-unquote adult. I always say I'm am a, I'm a big kid with adult money and adult problems. But <laughs> like you would think as you get older, like it just goes away. But now that I've kind of embraced that, it makes it easier for me to deal with. She's got something going on. I – like it's not about me and i it's not it's not a direct reflection it's her thing and it's like you said it's not i used to unpack and live there and mm-hmm. i'd be like for hours i'd be like are you mad at me what's wrong did i do something wrong like yeah. are you okay and she's like i just i just got home from work like i need a minute mm-hmm. like yeah. i was like do you do you want wine i'll pour you wine i'll go get you some wine do you want chinese i'll go get like and i overcompensated and i overdid it and because she was she's the love of my life and i've never had that before And I was scared that I would lose her by not trying hard enough. And she said, you're doing everything you're supposed to relax like you're good. So Mm -hmm. it's funny you bring that up because that's just such a nice parallel between the two of us. Speaking of parallels between the two of us, Segway Machine right here. Now, David is wearing one of our shirts. Now, I heard that you release merch.
1: Man, so people like me weird right <laughs> and that, that's so weird for me to say but people are messing me and they're like how do i get you on a coffee mug how do i get you on a pair of socks how do i get you on a shirt and i'm like what you want to buy things with me on it and so we opened up a new shop and people are going crazy over it. and i even put some funny things in there mostly just to kind of buy for like little gag gifts but there yeah. may or may not be a david shower curtain there may or may not be a David Jigsaw puzzle, but
0: <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> guess what That's everyone's great. getting for Christmas. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> I gave everybody like stickers and shirts last year. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know, we we have, and actually, I'm glad you brought this up because yes. I have something for you and Melanie. Oh that boy! If you will email me your shipping address, but. I got you all a surviving abuse podcast hat. Oh, that's awesome. And so it has the tags on it because they're brand new.
0: Hold on. Put it back up again. I'm going to actually take a picture of it to send to her right now. I, this is actually happening live. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. And
1: then I got you a shirt made.
0: You didn't have to do all that, man. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. No, so much.
1: I no, I And it, nothing is ever because we have to right? but, but you all have liked my post, comment on my post, had me on your show, supported me. When, when you and Melanie had me on and and she was like, I don't really do this, but I'm going to come on because, you know, I want to. Like, th- those things mean the world to me. And that ally chat, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but I live in Tennessee. And right now, Tennessee is not... <laughs> Playing in my favor, you know. I mean, I'm not a drag queen, but I have friends that are. I'm not transgender, but I have friends that are and but those are, you know, that that's just the part of the community they're focusing on right now and then I'll be back to another part and and people ask me all the time because you know, I lived in Tennessee when my hate crime happened and then now with all these laws and crap that's going on, they're like, "Why haven't you left? Why well, have you haven't you just packed up and left? And my answer to that is because I want to be a part of the change, because I'm strong enough to handle this. And I if I just up and leave, then then there's not gonna be a change. Right. And and I have to be a part of that. Absolutely. And and you know, for you all to have never met me heard my story a couple of times but to stay in contact with me the way that you do to show your love and support the way that you all do nothing is ever because I have to but like as soon as I found out like when I opened my store, they're like oh you get X amount at you know for what I don't know what they call it why am I going blank whatever word they called it you know and so I was like oh I'm going to take one of everything and then when it all came in and after we talked the other day it was like I want to send them this because uh, just as a thank you, because you all have been just very true to me and I appreciate that.
0: Thanks man. I, we appreciate that. And we love having you on uh, hopefully the next time you're on, I actually have producer Melanie here. Cause again, she, it just, it didn't work out timing wise cause her and I now have very different schedules. She got a new job probably like a year after you and I talked or the three of us wow. talked, she got a new job where she works like the nighttime. So I work during the day. So we'll see each other for like two hours on like monday tuesday wednesday and then thursday night's always date night and so we're, we're gonna try the next time though to definitely get the three of us back on because like everybody just it just sometimes it just clicks and it just clicks in the best mm. possible way and like there, don't get me wrong i've only had maybe one interview that i consider bad but then like the rest like some there there's good and then there's just right and usually right is good but you know not every good podcast is right and Every time we talk, it just always feels right. So thank you, David. Thanks, so make sure you guys check out David's merch store. We'll link it in the episode description. And obviously, I have a feeling you're going to see him comment on our posts, and we're going to comment on his post. So <laughs> check him out, like Surviving Abuse Podcast. It's powerful stuff, so get ready for a ride. Like, it's important stuff. I think it's valuable stuff, and, you know, we love you, David, so... <laughs> you'll, you'll man, deb- I love you guys we'll thank have you definitely you so back much. on the show soon but that's gonna wrap us up for today david thank you so much for jumping on today i really do appreciate it
1: oh yeah anytime man thank you
0: i'm gonna ta- i'm gonna hold you to that all right take care sounds great
1: recording stopped
0: oh wonderful wow so David has been one of our biggest fans and our biggest supporters ever since we started the show. If you guys haven't heard our first interview with him, it was really intense. Uh, I know he touched base on it a little bit in this one, but our first interview was probably... I don't want to say one of the toughest, but one of one of the most intense, I guess, is the best way to say it. You know, David's story is incredible, and he's a survivor and a warrior and somebody who I, I respect very much, and my wife and I were very lucky that we not only had him on the show, but he's also continued to be such a big support of us and what we do, and you know, he really wanted to get back on the show. He, he reached out to me a few times, and we just, scheduling finally worked out, so I want to thank David for uh, all that he does, because I do think it's important work, and for his utmost respect and uh appreciation towards us too we really like it's mutual my friends so if you guys get a chance make sure you check out his podcast surviving abuse podcast um it is it's tough to listen to so you know go in with a open mind and a and a tough will because it touches on some very serious and important topics. But if you guys are looking for more of our content, obviously the Misfitfaction.com is the place to go. You can find links to our other shows. You can find our news, reviews, articles, and of course our merchandise store. Make sure you guys check that out and show your support towards, this, uh, towards us and towards our network. We also have our brand new content creator of the month page that's about to be put live. So make sure you guys check that out out for more information and of course we're on all the social medias instagram twitter tiktok facebook just type in mf uncensored or the misfit faction odds are you'll find some of our stuff so again we want to thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time